and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see our Selves. All right. So today is the final day of Second Corinthians. Paul has been talking to the Corinthians for all these days uh, in our uh, Bible plan. But today he picks up uh, right where he left off. Um, and Paul, remember, is urging these Corinthian believers to give to the church at Jerusalem. And the way he rooted the impetus for giving uh, was in the compelling picture of the Lord Jesus in the gospel. And so here he basically continues. He's like, all right, I've been bragging on y'all. I'm about to send folks to come get this bread. Make sure that check do not bounce. Right. And save me and you the embarrassment. He says, verse six, he says this. The point is this. <laughs> the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Look at the biblical principle that Paul pulls out here. Notice he speaks generally rather than specifically, rather than saying, if you sow generally, he says the person, right? And uh, he, he, he is stating a proverbial truth, right? Uh, and he's using an agricultural metaphor to get this point across. And many would think, would say he had uh, texts like Proverbs 22 in mind that kind of has the same ideas. But um, I think what he's getting at is that God provides and blesses for, or he provides for and blesses those who give, right? Like that is a true statement, right? The prosperity gospel ain't true, but like that is, like that really is a true statement. And many have pointed out that the more we give, the more God helps us in such a way that we can continue to give, right? And, uh, you know, the reason I think that we lack generosity is because, you know, many of us fear that our own needs will go unmet in the process. And that's just, uh, uh, you know, just failing to understand texts like these, right? And the flaw, though, in that line of thinking is that we often believe it is money. Like, let's just be honest. That ultimately is the thing meeting our needs, right? But it's actually God, right? It's actually God who allows you to and gives you the actual money to uh, meet the needs of others. And he's the one who meets your very own. And I love verse 10. It's so subtle. Now, the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed. Time on God and increase the harvest. Check this of your righteousness. What? So good. Oh man, the scripture is so profound, bro. Like very subtle statement. He says, it's something about being generous that actually forms and shapes your character, bro. It's something, it's something that, that in it, that actually, sh that God uses, bro. And, and, and bro, I struggle to believe this. I'll be honest. I keep it a buck. Like I struggle to believe this, bro. And I'm just praying that the Lord will help me believe it. Have faith to believe it. It actually shapes your character, fam. It is in us doing something for others physically that God does something in us spiritually. What a beautiful and profound truth. Second Corinthians 10. In the beginning of the book, Paul sought to vindicate his ministry generally and independently. We talked about that a few episodes ago. Here he is more forthright in defending it against the false and super apostles that have uh, come among the Corinthians commending themselves. So he starts off by pushing back against the accus accusations made against him that he was operating according to the flesh, right? Quote unquote. Um, so he says this, 
Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every uh, every thought captive to obey Christ. He's like, listen, fam, we really ain't even on the same playing field, right? In other words, Paul is like, no, no, no. Like, to combat those that operate according to the flesh, like, he's, he's like, no, 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 like, we have to remember, like, y'all are being impressed by people who have these letters of recommendations, this the, the, these exceptional rhetorical skills, uh, and then big-time Jewish pedigree, boldness, authority, authoritarianism, all of that stuff. And Paul is saying that the battle is much bigger, and it's and it's and it, and those things like actually don't help you, <laughs> and like like those things don't actually help you in the battle that is to be fought, right? This spiritual battle that is going on, uh, things like the gospel <laughs> and prayer and the word and and fasting and Sabbath and, and and all these things, right? And the Holy Spirit, right, are the weapons He uses to combat these strongholds, so that y'all, right, the the people, the people of God, may not be caught in the web of this worldly and fleshly thinking. And and I think the practical relevance for us as Christians today reading this text, many things we could take from that, but I think, uh, what, what Paul is saying, bro, like if, 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 if we are, are called to all come under some type of spiritual leadership, particularly from a church, if the metrics we use to choose our leaders, right. Are, uh, the same metrics the world uses, like we have to be careful, right? Like we, we really need to be careful. And Paul is again here combating and contrasting his ministry for, uh, or his ministry with theirs. Second Corinthians 11. If in 10, he was making room for the way of his authority that he uh, states was given to him by Christ. In 11, he talks of the way in which his own ministry is compared to theirs even further. So far, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy because I've promised you in marriage to one husband. I love this. To present a pure virgin to Christ. Listen, St. Augustine uh, says that the entirety of the Christian life is like a bride preparing for her nuptial. Right. It's it's like a, a bride pre pre preparing for her uh, wedding day. And Paul was like, that's my ministry, bro. Like, that's that's my ministry to prepare folks to meet Jesus at the end of the day. Like, that's what I'm here for. And what he does, bro, was he argues br brilliantly. Right. He goes on to say, but I fear. That as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. He says in the same way that he got in the middle of the first marriage, fam, with deception from the beginning, he is trying to do the same thing now. Notice how he keeps referring back to Satan, fam. Like like peep this. He's talking about these false apostles, these wolves in sheep's clothes and all this kind of stuff. But he keeps going back to the enemy. Like and again, bro, like we can't forget that there is a real enemy in that the Christian life is a spiritual battle, right? Um, and deception is one of his primary tactics, right? Uh, deception is Satan's native tongue. And uh, he will, and it's so funny because he characterizes this, the, the, the false apostles in the same language he used to talk about Satan, right? Verse 13, for such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, i.e., right? Satan, right? Like, like Satan, um, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, he says, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So you see the comparison is clear in the text. It ain't KP saying it. So it is so so it is no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their works. Paul says they're pseudo apostles, literally, literally fakers, swindlers, cats who in this joint for self gain, whom the ministry is not about Christ and the beauty of him and the impressive and the impressiveness of Jesus, but their actual own. Right. F folks, we should make it 
we should make it our life aim that people don't come away from our churches. If you are a leader, uh, you know, away from your church, uh, observing your life, uh, people won't come away more impressed with you than they are with Jesus himself. Right. And Paul is like, these aren't just other cats, right. Whom I have minor disagreements with, but, um, you know, these are cats who are wolves in sheep's clothing. Right. And the reason we have all gotten bitten by wolves (laughs) is because they look like sheep. (laughs) Like he's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, no, no. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) They look like sheep, bro. Like, they, they really do look like sheep. And he's saying, no, no, we have to be discerning, right? Connected to the body, prayerful, tethered to the gospel. And I fear so much in the social media age that people just ain't discerning enough, chief. Like, we, we see one dude make one good post online, right? And we following him now. Like, we, we going to his church, you know? And, and, and it's just like, man, Paul is like, no, no, no. Like, we have to be more discerning than that. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And I love what he does here because Paul is funny. He says, no, no, no. Like, if we really want to take it there, though, like, they ain't really popping like that, right? Like, just on a physical standpoint alone, just off GP, they just say back in the day, just off GP on, on general purpose, <laughs> they can't really touch me. And at the end of 11, he's like, indulge me right quick. I'm going to act a fool for the sake of argument. For the sake of argument, just to show, even on a purely fleshly level, they don't they don't, they don't, they don't stand a chance with me, right? And <laughs> it's funny because he brings the point to a climax in chapter 12. And he talks about how he was caught up into heaven and the revelation he received. Um, and, and, and this was important. Because, uh, you know, if especially if you're familiar with Jewish literature of the first century, you know that he isn't talking about the sky or anything like that, but literally in the presence of God. And he says this happened 14 years ago, and he's reluctant to even talk about it for real, right? So you see the contrast here. And so that, he, he says, and so that he wouldn't boast, essentially, God puts a thorn in his flesh. Now, we don't know what the thorn is. People, again, debate into the skies uh, uh, until the uh, cows come home. But to keep him humble, God put a thorn in his flesh. And he is comforted by the words of the Lord that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. Listen, our weakness isn't something that limits God's power, but it is the best vehicle and canvas for him to display it. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's the best way to see the power of God. Right. Our frailties, our weaknesses, our shortcomings are the way, very way that God shows himself off. Right. If we are quick to say anything about us, church, it should be how God has used us spite of us right and paul that's paul's whole whole argument right here um 2 corinthians 13 last last chapter of this bunch um other thing i want to say about that is that uh god got a uh, god scores touchdowns with our fumbles right i don't even watch football no more but yeah, yeah god really does score touchdowns with our fumbles um and then paul will give a final exhortation and warnings etc and he'll say test yourselves to see if you are in the faith examine yourselves we never go beyond the need for regular self-examination, uh, measuring ourselves up against the word, against scripture. This is not legalistic. This is actually just Bible. If you're mad at somebody, be mad at Paul. Profession and possession of faith are two different things. And the goal, as Paul will explicate, is not just to make sure we are in, but also to make sure that we mature, fam. Like, and I think that's just uh, lost on, on, on many of us, man, that like the Lord really wants us to think hard about how we're growing, right? How we're growing in grace, right? How we're growing in Christ. And uh, the beautiful thing about that is, as Paul has been at pains to show, is that uh, we're not left to our own devices to do so. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace of the grace, love and fellowship that is with us comes from God, the Father, through the person and work of Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the God Paul worshiped and was an ambassador for and the one we worship and should be an ambassador.
ambassadors for as well. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would help us to be an ambassador for the kingdom. Pray, Lord, that we will grow to be people who are mature and who are discerning. Father, I pray that you would keep us 